This show is for educational purpose and should not be taken as medical advice. Welcome to Let's Talk About Medical Cannabis with Dr. O, a clinical pharmacist certified in medical cannabis. Every week, you'll learn about alternative ways to improve your health and well-being using the healing power of botanicals such as cannabinoids. Here's your host, Lola Ahanba. Welcome to episode three of Let's Talk About Medical Weed with Dr. O. I'm so glad you are here with me today. My name is Lola Ahamba. I'm a clinical pharmacist certified in medical cannabis. This show is for educational purpose only and it's not to be taken as a medical advice. So if you have any medical advice, information that you would like to clarify, please speak with your primary physician. Do not stop or start any medication, including supplements of any kind, without talking to your medical provider. Before going into the details of today's show, allow me to say a few things about cannabinoid CBD THC products. Currently, CBD, THC, just like over-the-counter medications and uh, vitamins, supplements, the over-the-counter supplements, they are not FDA approved by the FDA. So basically what we are saying is CBD and THC cannabinoids generally are being used as supplements and FDA does not approve of a supplement as a effective means of therapy. I just want to remind us of that because a lot of people are using this supplement. Yeah, even though vitamins are not FDA approved, we still use it. Sometimes we have to balance the benefit versus the risk of this thing. But it's good to clarify that before we get into the details of uh, today's show. This show is for you if you are looking for alternatives to manage health and well-being using a supplement such as a cannabinoid. This show is also for you if you are a young uh, professional looking for alternative means to manage energy loss during the daily activities or daily grind. And finally, this show is for you if you are a healthcare professional looking for evidence-based information, evidence-based data to counsel patients on cannabis and cannabinoid products. There's a lot of people selling CBD, THC, cannabis, cannabinoid products. Some are even selling it at the fuel gas stations. All kind of stuff is going on there. You want to have information to counsel your patient. So this show is for you if you are in that category. On today's show, we will be talking about endocannabinoid system and its mechanism of action. We'll be talking about the role of our endocannabinoid system, also called ECS, in maintaining the body equilibrium homeostasis. And also we will be talking about the cannabinoids and their uses or potential uses, what people are trying to use it for, the areas where people are looking into further research. We will be talking about that. And finally, how we'll be talking about the recent FDA warning about the CBD product. And you absolutely do not want to miss that. That is very important. So stick around. Thanks once again for joining me today. Today's topic is what I call endocannabinoid system 
our body's supercomputer. What is endocannabinoid system? I'm also going to be referring to it from time to time today as ECS, endocannabinoid system. Endocannabinoid system is found in all human and some lower animals such as the nematodes and the sea squat. Endo means inside. Something is inside is called endo. When it's outside, it's called ezo. So when we talk about endocannabinoid, it's basically talking about cannabinoids that is inside of us. Basically, it's a cannabinoid that is produced by our body. I know somebody will say, what do you mean cannabinoids is being produced by our body? I talk cannabis uh, products are plant products. You are very right. The phytocannabinoids are cannabinoids produced by the plants. Those are like the THC and the CBD. It was discovered that not only plants produce cannabinoids, but humans also produce its own cannabinoids. And just like uh, when they discovered the morphine from the opium plant, they later find out after they discover morphine from the opium plant, they later find out that the body actually produced morphine, opioid-like uh, products of their own that was called uh, endorphins, which uh, is kind of a morphine-like product that is produced by our body. I personally believe that the nature already gave us what we need to live a healthy life. We just need to take advantage of what is already given to us by our maker. The ECS is a system that helps balance physiological process in animals. Basically, it helps with the homeostasis, which is balancing of the physiological processes going on in our body. ECS might be the most important system in the body when it comes to maintaining human's health and well-being. I guess people will be like, so how does this ECS work? When studying this ECS system, I kind of define the way it works in the term that I use as a ligand receptor kind of mechanism. So what is a ligand? What is a receptor? The ECS was discovered to work in the brain and the CNS, the brain and the central nervous system using the mechanism of ligand and receptor types of mechanism. The best way to explain ligand and receptor mechanism will be a lock and key kind of process. We have our lock and when we have our key, when we put our key in the lock, we turn it, basically the door is open. So that's how we want to kind of explain the best way to explain it in a layman term. The cannabinoid, we already know we have cannabinoid receptors in our body, the CB1 and the CB2. These are the receptors that the exocannabinoid like CBD and THC uses to carry out their physiological effect. In our chemistry classes, we learned that the ligands are normally binds to its receptor and produce a chemical reaction. So in this case, that's exactly what is going on. The ligand, which in this case will be the cannabinoid, like maybe THC, maybe CBD, they will bind to this receptor and cause this physiological reaction that is seen. 
So just like we put our key in the lock and our door is open, that is just how this process works. The CB1 and the CB2 found in the brain and the CNS are what cannabis and cannabinoid uses to exert their characteristic effect. And the combination of the ECS and the cannabinoid uh, exerting this effect is uh, what we call the endocannabinoid system. Both the ligand and the receptor working together is what we, the whole process is the endocannabinoid system. So basically what I'm saying is that you have your CB1 and CB2, which are the receptor, which in this situation is going to look like your lock. Then you have your ligand, which in this case is going to be THC or CBD. So the, the CB1 or CB2 combined with THC or CBD, the whole of that process is the endocannabinoid system. According to studies, the body does not produce what it does not need. If I don't need something, my body is not going to produce it. So the question we want to ask ourselves is, so why is the ECS, the endocannabinoid system, why is it created by her body? What's going on there? What's, what's going on? Why do we need the endocannabinoid system? So we also ask ourselves, so even if our body uh, makes this endocannabinoid system, was it making it because it knows about the phytocannabinoid like the CBD or THC? Absolutely not. We found out that studies and research show that um, the body, researchers found out that the body manufactures its own cannabis-like compound just like the body manufactures its own endorphin that works in similar fashion to morphine, the body was found out to manufacture its own compound that looks and uh, works similar to the cannabinoid product. So the body manufactures uh, anandamide. The anandamide is similar to THC, kind of have similar structures and also have kind of similar effects and properties. And this anandamide is found to bind to the CB1 receptor. And if we remember from previous episode, CB1 receptor is the receptor in our body that THC also bind to. So it makes sense that anandamide have similar characteristics as a uh, uh, THC. The body was also found to manufacture what we call 2-arachidonoid glycerol. Normally, that's a mouthful. <laughs> that's a real mouthful. And uh, so we shorten that to 2-AG. 2-AG is found to have similar characteristics as a CBD. And it was also found to bind predominantly to the CB2 receptor, which is the receptor that CBD has been found to predominantly bind to. We will be doing injustice to the cannabinoid and cannabis science if we don't mention that the Scientists and the researchers that did all this work uh, did an amazing job, especially when we consider the legal terrain where they're working, where they cannot actually legally work with this cannabinoid product. Dr. Rafael Metulam is an Israeli uh, scientist, was the one with his colleagues 
uh, discover the anandamide and the 2AG. Anandamide is given that name, is called uh, joy. It's a blissful compound because it invokes that euphoria-like characteristic that is synonymous to THC. So Dr. Rafa Metulam is colleagues and also Dr. Aline Harlett, she is an American. This group of people work tirelessly in the cannabinoid space and they've, they discovered the anandamide, the 2AG, and Dr. Aline Harlett was uh, said to have uh, actually discovered the endocannabinoid system itself. So what is the work of this ECS and all these cannabinoids? Both the endo and the phytocannabinoids helps to regulate the homeostasis and the physiological balance at every level of life. The CB1 receptor is mostly found in the brain and the CNS. So we find our CB1 receptor in the CNS, which is where the anandamide and the THC are predominantly exert their effect. Although they are also found in other parts of the body, like the stomach, uh, intestine, basically other part of the body. But predominantly, the CB1 receptor, where the THC at, is found in the brain and the central nervous system. I guess it makes sense when you look at the euphoria and all the kind of uh, effect that THC is that it's more of a psychoactive properties. The CB2 receptor is found predominantly in the peripheral nervous system, in the immune cells, tissue, organs, in the spleen, the bone marrow, the thyroid, tonsil, just to mention a few like I said earlier, it's also found in other parts of the body as well. So you find uh, CBD and 2AG exerting their effect predominantly in these areas of the body. So how does the ECS help us to maintain equilibrium? I call it like ECS is what I call balancing of equation. Yeah, I have a background in chemistry. So so when I'm looking at this stuff, I tend to bring in my chemistry background. So I call it like balancing of equation. Like in your chemistry class, you have the equilibrium position whereby you have the right negative chemicals on the right, balancing out the positive chemicals on the left. So basically, that's what ECS does. It balances our body's homeostasis, the physiological condition going on in the, ba- in the body is balanced by this system. ECS is also said to work in a retrograde fashion, unlike other systems in the body, such as the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system. The sympathetic nervous system is uh, what gives us that uh, fight or flight kind of uh, response. Like when you see something you're afraid of, you are scared, the first thing that comes to your mind is to run for your dear life. So that is the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system that does that. Those works in action and reaction form format. But ECS, uh, when you talk about retrograde fashion, it basically means that it works in opposite direction. 
basically it can go forward and can also send information backward in a feedback-like manner. By working in a retrograde fashion, the ECS is able to provide feedback to the nervous system and cause change in stimuli response according to what is actually going on in the body. Basically, I call that, I have a kind of scenarios that I call it like a title telling, like telling on the other nervous system, say something is happening in the body. I call the retrograde fashion more like a full soldier or a gatekeeper warning everybody of impending danger. Or if there's happiness happening, it also warns people about what is going on. So it's the ability to be able to walk not just forward in a sympathetic nervous system, but also backward in a parasympathetic situation. So does that mean we only have a CBD and THC working on this ECS? Absolutely not. Apart from CBD, THC, there are other cannabinoid products, cannabinoid molecules that also bind to the ECS. An example of some of this cannabinoid is the CBG, THCV. So we're going to go into a little details about these other cannabinoid products, cannabinoid molecules, and try to look at what they do, their potential effect in the body. So we can start with, say, THC, that's tetrahydrocannabinol. THC is said to have a potential for neuroprotective uh, properties and the analgesic effect, which is said to have the potential to help with pain. It also said to help with muscle relaxing, antioxidant, spasm, appetite, just to mention a few. Apart from CAC, we have the THCV, which is tetrahydrocannabivorin. This is said to have the ability potential for appetite suppressant, which can be harnessed when it comes to like weight loss, metabolic syndrome. It's also said to have anti-seizure properties, which uh, can be harnessed, potential for harnessing for products like uh, seizure disorder. Apart from that, we have CBN, which is called cannabinol. Cannabinol is said to have a sedative effect. So in this kind of product, if anybody is taking a product that has a lot of canna, uh, cannabinol in it, they want to be careful about other medication that might cause sedation with this product. So this one is said to have potential to relieve spasm, pain relieving, and also antioxidant and anti-inflammatory properties. So the other one we talk about is the tetrahydro cannabinolic acid. This is THCA. THCA is said to have anti-inflammatory properties and it's also said to have a neuroprotective property. THCA is said to have antibacterial and also might be able to help with bone stimulants. So when somebody is looking for this kind of targeted action, we want to look at product that might have some of this THCA in it. Also, it was said to also have potential to help lower blood pressure and inhibit cancer cell growth. 
The other one that most of us are familiar with is the cannabidiol CBD. CBD is said to have gazillion properties, but potential to help with bone stimulation, and potential to help with anti-psoriatic properties. So many activities that they have claimed CBD has the potential to help with. Also, the next one will be the cannabigerol. The cannabigerol is said to have antibacterial properties and also might have the property to help reduce growth in cancer cells. And we have uh, the one that's called cannabinolic acid, CBDA. This one is said to have the potential to help with nausea and vomiting and also reduce blood pressure, potential for blood pressure reduction and anti-inflammatory properties. Finally, we have the cannabivarin. This is said to have anti-seizure properties and also potential for bone stimulation. So for people looking for specific target or specific things to maintain or manage, it will be a, a good thing to probably be specific like a target therapy, targeting some of these compounds that does what one is specifically looking for. Studies have shown that endocannabinoid compounds such as anandamide and 2-AG are produced in the body as needed and are not stored. So for these products, some people have a low production, some might have higher production, some might even have deficiency in their ECS and the ECS might not be working as it, it should, especially as we grow older. So in this kind of scenarios, uh, cannabinoid from botanical might be an option to use as a supplement, especially in people that have ECS or deficiency of any kind. Kind of like in the case of the pain management, whereby the body might not have enough endorphins or the endorphin might not be produced by the body, might not be enough to effectively manage pain. So we supplement that with opioids like morphine and uh, oxycontin, just to mention a few. That is the ideas behind supplementing the endocannabinoid system uh, with uh, exocannabinoids like THC or CBD. So like I've mentioned earlier, CB1 receptor is said to be responsible for muscle movement, anxiety, stress, fear, pain, appetite, reward, motor control, neuroprotection. So for disease states or conditions that have this kind of uh, symptoms going on, CB1 receptor might want to be the best target uh, point where therapy can be applied. And since THC is the one that binds to this receptor, it would make sense to begin to do research that will target uh, THC-based therapy to address this kind of uh, condition going on with this uh, receptor.
In fact, uh, cannabis is said to help people with signs and symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder by helping them to to forget and eliminate all those painful memories suffered during traumatic experience. Products like TAC has already been said that they have potential to cause short-term memory loss. So when the body, when this TAC product is targeted targeted to patients with post-traumatic stress disorder, which in this case is more of a really heroic, these are people trying to forget traumatic experience. So products can be targeted to use the abilities of uh, THCs, ability to be able to forget things to help people in this space. Also, CBD is predominantly found in blood, in spleen, in connective tissue, and it's been implicated to have the potential to help with inflammation and in connective tissue and all over the body. Inflammation is a major uh, condition that has been implicated in almost all diseases, including cancer. CBD and other cannabinoids have anti-inflammatory properties. In fact, it's been said that CBD has more than 20 times anti-inflammatory properties of NSAID, which are non-steroidal anti-inflammatory property, anti-inflammatory drugs like naproxen, ibuprofen. These are the main therapeutics that we traditionally use. So when you look at this situation with inflammation, uh, we might be able to target therapy, specifically harnessing the anti-inflammatory properties that is claimed CBD is said to have. According to Dr. Uh, Yanni Gabet, CBD improves healing process in rats with broken leg. The leg bone during this study was broken, and uh, according to Dr. Gabet, the, the rat CBD was able to enhance the maturation of the collagen, which is the protein that helps the body to hold the body together. Also, according to Dr. Gabbett, after this bone is treated and healed in this rat, they found out that it becomes very difficult for that particular bone to easily break. So when it comes to osteoporosis and bone condition like that, Studies probably needed to be done along this line to see if there is potential for CBD to help in the future. All these situations that we're talking about, CBD, THC, 2AG, anandamide, a lot of research is needed to check the validities of these claims, but with uh, cannabinoid being predominantly federally illegal, it's really, really tough for scientists to actually carry out the, the laboratory works that is expected. Cannabis receptors are said to be down-regulated by the ECS. So when we say down-regulation, what do we mean by that? Downregulation is basically saying that the body produces more receptor for the cannabinoids to bind to 
when the body needs it. When the body does not need this receptor, or doesn't need too much of the cannabinoid, it downregulates, it takes back some of this re- receptor. It, the ECS takes back some of the receptors that the body does not need, therefore reducing the level of the cannabinoid in the body. Unlike in the opioid kind of system or opioid addiction, whereby the body keep producing more receptor to bind to this opioid like oxycontin, oxycodone, just to mention a few, whereby this leads to individual getting unintentional overdose. So this is one of the reasons why there hasn't been any official record of anybody overdosing on cannabis or cannabinoid product. The ability of the body, the ability of the ECS to be able to down uh, regulate the receptor so to prevent people from overdosing. This is really, really unique. The ECS is just amazing. Absolutely a game changer when it comes to opioid therapy. Another reason why they claim there is no cannabis-related overdose that has been recorded is due to the fact that the cardiac and the respiratory centers of the brain stem cell does not have the ECS receptor in them. Basically, what this means is that the cardiac and the respiratory uh, site of the brain stem cell, since they do not have the ECS receptor, they are not able to shut down the body system, even if somebody takes more um, cannabinoid product, the body is not shut down as seen in the, in the traditional opioid overdose, whereby when people overdose, the, the, the whole body system, the respiratory system is shut down. The cardiac system is shut down. This is called uh, respiratory depression in opioid therapy in opioid overdose. So this is not seen in the ECS system because the center, the cardiac and the respiratory center where these activities occur in opioid overdose is not, there is no receptor for, for the cannabinoid to bind in this brainstem cell. That is really, really a game changer. When we talk about managing opioid crisis and uh, opioid addiction and overdose, in our country. More studies is absolutely necessary to be able to further dive into all this thread, all this hanging thread left by the cannabis science at the moment. And because there is not enough clinical studies, it's very, very challenging to, to further dive into these claims and see if they are actually valid. And uh, finally, concerning the FDA alert that I mentioned earlier, it was said that the FDA just came out with a new warning for CBD product. So before, CBD was said to have little or known uh, side effect, but the recent release by the FDA uh, claims that there is a potential harm that CBD can cause, especially in uh, liver uh, or 
liver injury that one has to be very, very aware of. So for for people that might be using the the CBD product, this is where you want to have somebody that knows what they are doing to educate, to enlighten patients. Because if somebody is going through, say they have a liver condition, then you have to consider what route of administration will be ideal for that person. But it's not everybody that will have that kind of knowledge. There is CBD all over the place now. It's in the grocery store. It's in the gas station. It's just crazy. to. <laughs> it's so crazy to go to a gas station and go and be buying product like a supplement to put in your body. I don't know why people do that. There's no drug or supplement that is without side effects. That's absolutely nothing like that. No, uh, no wonder drug. So cannabis and cannabinoid products, they are no wonder drug. They also have their own side effects. There's a lot of challenges that comes with cannabinoid products, especially when it comes to dosing and the fact that we do not have enough clinical data to back up, uh, back up some of this claim. It's really tough. So are we then going to say we're not going to dive into this cannabis science and research and find out what is going on? Basically, the future is really promising for cannabis science. This is a product that has been using from generation to generation. Queen Victoria of England used cannabis to manage uh, menstrual pain, according to historians. With the way healthcare costs is speeding out of control currently in our country, cannabinoid-based uh, therapy might be an alternative break that we need to actually apply before the whole healthcare system just literally get off the cliff down there. It's just unsustainable to for the healthcare cause to keep going out of control and we will be doing ourselves a lot of injustice and our society a lot of uh it will be unfair for us to not spend more money and spend more time to dive into the botanicals like cannabis and actually do the work that is needed to validate the claims that people are claiming to of these plants. People have claimed that it helped them with uh, cancer. People claim it helps them with pain. It will be a good thing to, to look into it, especially with what is going on with opioid crisis, with uh, healthcare costs. Hopefully, opportunity will be given to the scientists to actually do this work. Oh, that's our show for today. Thank you so much, guys, for hanging out with me today. It absolutely means a lot to me that you are here. Please subscribe to the show if you have not done so yet. We need your support. We're absolutely asking for your support. Subscribe to the show so we can keep it going. I believe uh, knowledge is power. We need knowledge in the cannabis space right now. So, 
help us keep this show going by uh, subscription. Also, if you want to know more about the show, about us, what we do, you can visit us on the web at wci-health.com. And until next time, I'm going to always close by telling you to remember your health is synonymous to your wealth. Health is wealth. If you are sick, you can make money. If you are sick, you can, even the money you have saved in your bank account, you will spend it. Sickness will take away our wealth. Our health is equal to our health. So we need to take care of our health. Thank you. You have a wonderful day. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or any podcast platform. Support the show by becoming a patron and donating on our Patreon page or on our website. For more information, visit our website at www.wci-health.com. Until next time, health equals wealth.